Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. We're going, well, what do they have to say? And so Jesus is talking and people are listening. And he tells them a story. Jesus does this a lot. You know, when we do our movie series in the summer, we talk about these parables. And we talk about the fact that these are just modern-day parables, the stories that we know. Well, Jesus, he says, you know what? I'm trying to make a point. I want you to learn something. I want you to understand something. And so I'm going to tell you a story. The way our brains are wired, we're people who, when someone tells a story, we listen. For instance, when I was nine years old, I do this trick on you guys all the time. I don't really have a nine-year-old story, but what just happened is, is when I said that, you said, oh, she's about to tell a story, right? And you go, oh, okay, I don't know what she was talking about, but I heard when I was nine years old, I'm going to stop and listen. See, this is what we do. We're, We're wired to hear a story. So Jesus is telling a story, and this is what he says. He's talking to his listeners in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 16. I'm going to read to you from the message, which is a paraphrase of scripture, um, So if you've heard this before, it might sound a little different. I love the way that Eugene Peterson writes this. So I wanted to read it to you in this format. Then he, talking about Jesus, then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, which a lot of us do. What can I do? My my barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods, and I'll say to myself, Self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. And just then, God showed up and said something we don't ever want to hear God say to us. Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods? Who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. I mean, think about that. That's when, when you fill your barn with self and not with God. I mean, that is the epitome of pride. Filling your barn with self instead of God. And in this short story, Jesus is starting, he's making a point to his listeners, to his disciples, to his followers. Here's some things in here that you should avoid. Pride being one of the first ones. He, and here's the thing, and, and I want us to notice this, is that Jesus is not saying in this passage, shame on you for doing well financially. Shame on you for being a good businessman. He's not saying that. He's not saying that at all. He's not saying it's bad to make a profit or even have to, a plan with what to do with the profit. He's not saying that. Um, But I think he's targeting in here pride. If you notice, and I encourage you to go back and read this later, uh, it's in in Luke chapter 12. In this, just a few verses, this guy uses the word I or my 11 times. Now that's in the message version. I looked at NIV and some others, and it's very close. Nine to 12 times, this, this, this story, now remember it's just a story, but the story that Jesus tells, this businessman farmer says, me, 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 I, 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 mine, 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 11 times. It's very self-focused, and you can see the pride. I mean, self, you've done pretty good. You see the pride. And we all kind of know people like this, um, who talk about themselves way too much. 
Maybe it's because they have a microphone attached to their head or, um, or maybe just in regular conversation. But, you know, you could be going up to someone and be like, hey, you know, how was, you had surgery. How'd that go? And, and you're trying to just barely say, well, it went pretty good. And then they start on like a 10-minute story about how they sprained their ankle, you know, in 11th grade or something. And, and you never really got, you walk away going, I don't really think I answered their they asked about me, but then I heard about them. You know, we know people like this. And, and some people are like just hyper-narcissistic or egotistic and, you know, they need professional help. But I think for a lot of us, the tendency is, I mean, we know ourselves better than anybody else. So, we, you know, we're kind of like the primary subject a lot of times. We can talk about ourselves. We can focus on ourselves. And, and we can be guilty of not just in, in verbally, but we can be, oh, man, Without the, the recognition of God in our life, we are going to be motivated by self. I mean, there's no other fallback. It's not like I'm either all about God or I'm going to be just so giving for other people. No, that's not natural. God is the one that comes in and says, I want you to be others focused. God is the one that comes in and says, I want you to be motivated by something bigger than yourself. Apart from God, it's only self. There is no in-between. There is no thing. You go, oh, no, it's about my kids. No, it's not. It's about you wanting to be a really good parent for your kids. See, apart from God, we're only motivated by self. And some people, I mean, you go into a bookstore right now, and there are rows and rows and rows and shelves and shelves and shelves filled with books. You go on Amazon right now and type in self-help or self-motivation, and you will, could spend the, the next many days reading every option of book that's available to you about self See, we're, we are self-motivated people. We are about self. I, 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 mine, mine, mine. And pride is, this is pride. This is pride. This is saying, I am God. This is saying, I am primary. This is saying, I am above all and before all. This is pride. And it shows itself in many ways, in small ways and in big ways. And, and we see it here in the story that Jesus is telling. Pride is something that we need to recognize, that we need to see. And the danger is this, folks. When we live with a worldview, when, when, and what that means is that almost like you're putting on a pair of glasses, and this is a worldview, and if my worldview is uh, you know, made by Shannon Clark Patterson, you know, if, if, I'm the, if this is it, and I put these on, then everything I see, everything I take in, everything I read... Everything, and you know, maybe you get some, some earbuds that, you know, made by, you know, not Beats, but, you know, Patterson, you know, and put them on. And, and everything I hear and see, if everything is about me, then no matter how wonderful it is or how exciting it is or how truthful it is, that's, all it's, that's how I'm going to take it in. Is that making sense? Okay, we can have a worldview that just says, I, mine, me, and that's pride. And what Jesus is trying to tell to his listeners here, those who want to engage him, is how about take these and say, um, I'm going to give you some glasses, and I'm going to, God made the glasses, and, and, the, and, and the frame and everything that holds it up is, you know, Jesus constructed. And these lenses, these lenses are like Holy Spirit lenses. And so don't, don't be self-focused. Let God be the focus. Don't let pride become Everything, me, my, mine, self, you sure have done good. 
You know, oh, 2016, ooh, self, you did so well. Okay, I know I spent a lot of time on this pride because I think it's, it's a big part of it. Think about this for a minute. The, the dangers that, that worldview, that, that believing that everything is about me and everything I see and read and touch and smell and all that is about me. And, and like the guy in the story, too often what we do is we, 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 um, we're considering the wrong who. Okay? We read the story and go, well, what does this mean to me? You know, what, how, how is, where is Shannon in the story? Where, where am I in the story? The wrong who. Because we could ask questions like, you know, um, who am I living for? Well, apart from God, all we're going to say is self. We can say, we can try to say other things, but it's really about self. It should be about God. Who is the focus of my dreams? Well, a lot of times it's about self. It's about me. It's about I. It's about me. It should be about God. Who's the center of my life? We would love to say, God is the center of my life. Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. You go to church? Oh, yeah, you read your Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, Christian music on my radio, is that kind of like reading the Bible? Yeah, okay. But self has becomes the focus, and it needs to be about God. And so by avoiding pride, by, by making the effort to avoid pride, that self, 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 I think that we will find in, 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 in that process, in that journey, we'll experience life and we'll experience hope and we'll experience promise and a whole lot of other things in huge ways in the coming year. So there's pride. Here's another one, the second one. So pride is one. Kids, I hope you're, pride is one. Here's another one, presumption. We, we, we make a lot of presumptions. We, we can presume a lot of things. And, and the man in Jesus' story, he made this kind of fatal mistake, really, um, of presumption. He presumed that tomorrow was guaranteed to him. He presumed that there was going to be a Monday, if, if it happened to be Sunday. He presumed that, that there was more opportunity for God to bless him more in the coming days, you know, to fill up that bigger barn. He, he made this presumption. In verse 19, I'll read again. Self, you've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. And just then God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die and your barn, barn full of goods, who gets it? And what a lot of us do, and I'm right here with you in this, a lot, what a lot of us do is we presume something. We presume that the duration of our life is going to be long and lengthy. We presume this. We, we presume that the, don- the duration of our life is going to be long and lengthy. And what God is most concerned about What God is most concerned about is not, because he knows the duration. He's not so concerned about the duration. Like He's not up there going, oh, I hope Shannon makes it to tomorrow. He knows this. What God is most concerned about is not the duration. He's concerned about the donation of my life. He's he's concerned about the donation of your life. And we are, through pride... We've got this idea of duration, making it longer, making it more, making it, and, and, and what is, so what does donating your life look like? I, you know, I mean, I think most of us can kind of, we can come up with a short list pretty quick. Um, you know, it, it might mean uh, saying yes to things that, that, you know, to that request to, to help, to, to volunteer, to show up, to sponsor, to donate, to, to do the work, you know, it, it, when you don't want to. You know, it might mean saying yes when you just don't want to. That donation of your life, when, when you feel as if someone else could do it better, but you're the one that's been asked. 
You know, when you, when you feel as if you are already doing so much, and you really wish someone else would say yes, but you've been the one to be asked. And I know this starts to kind of bump up against, well, hold on, but, you know, what about wisdom and what about time? And yes, that needs to be balanced. But let's be honest. A lot of us say no to a lot of things. You know, kind of like when someone breaks up with you and they say, oh, I just need to date Jesus for a while. But really, they just wanted to break up with you, but they threw Jesus in there to make it sound good. A lot of times we say no and we throw Jesus in there because it makes it feel better and then we don't feel guilty about it so much and you know we can't the other person can't really argue because you said Jesus and you know so we do that or otherwise it's just me and now you guys know me and go oh wow that's Shannon she's but we say no sometimes and it's really not about God it's really not about um, you know, saying, well, no, you know, I've, I've prayed for 72 hours and I fasted for three weeks and he just told me, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't volunteer in the nursery once a month. Okay, I'm just not, I'm going to leave that there for you to let that soak in. <laughs> just let that sink in there. Um, there was a great book written uh, not too long ago, uh, well, a while back, by Lisa Turkhurst. Great title, everything, The Best Yes. And the idea of this is, is of, of this book is this, um, you know, making wise choices and saying, okay, God, what is the best yes? And sometimes the best yes might be saying no to something else, and that's true. But the focus of the book is about a God yes, not about a self yes. The, it, it's about a God yes and not a self no. See, that's the thing. We can sometimes we kind of tag God on as an addendum, you know. To things when it were really about self because it goes back to that pride, that thing we need to avoid, pride. But we're making these presumptions about, about we've got forever. I mean, think about this. How many times have you said no to something because it just wasn't the right time, you're exhausted, whatever, your plate's full, all those things. Cool, understand, I do it too. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'll probably say yes to that soon. Or the next time you ask me, or next month, or whatever. I'm going to say no now, but I'll probably say yes to that. Well, you know what we're doing then? We're presuming that the next opportunity is going to come. We make presumptions. Sometimes we can say no to things, and that might be the only time we ever get asked. We, that, the, that the opportunity ever comes to us. You know, so the best yes any, any one of us could ever say is, is a, a, about the donation of our life. It, it's not about extending it duration-wise for, for our comfort, for our ease, for, you know, our personal contentment, you know. Because there's a lot of times I say no because I just, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want my schedule messed and I don't want to have to do, you know, we just say no. But then I'll throw in Jesus and, oh, okay then, that's fine. We say no, and the yes might not come again. And so we, we avoid pride. We need to avoid presumption. You know, and I don't want to do the whole, you know, if you walked out these doors today and a Mack truck came barreling down Central Avenue and hit you. What? But we presume, we do presume that we have a whole bunch more and a whole bunch more, you know, like the guy building the barn. Well, I'm going to build a bigger barn because, man, the crops are about to be... The next, the next harvest is going to be amazing. He presumed there was going to be another harvest. And the story that Jesus tells us, you fool! You know, and, and you read scripture and it actually says you're never supposed to call someone a fool. So when God shows up and says, you fool! Then you know he's serious. 
So pride and presumption. Here's the third thing we need to avoid, procrastination. So kids, later when you're saying these words and you don't quite get it, but you're close, parents are going to give you a pass, okay? So pride, presumption, procrastination. Did you get that, Cameron? Okay, good. Should we just talk about this later? (laughs) Should we just get to it next week maybe? You know, put it off for a little bit. Uh, We procrastinate, right? We do. We do this. We procrastinate. I can tell you a handful of things that I am procrastinating about right now. And like any self-respecting wife, I can tell you a handful of things that my husband is procrastinating about, procrastinating about too. And, you know, there's a lot of elbows going right now. Um, we procrastinate. Um, but here's what I mean by this procrastination. Here's what I mean by this. What I mean is primarily it's about procrastination about spiritual things, about things of God. I mean, okay, yeah, maybe, you know, that, that birdhouse was supposed to be built a long time ago, you know, or that whatever was was supposed to be moved or whatever, you know, that project you wanted to get to, sure, but, but we procrastinate about things of God. Again, you know, kind of like we presume we got that duration. It's just going to go on and on and on. And the guy in the story was a really good businessman. I mean, obviously. Uh, he, he was visioning into the future, which is great. I love thinking ahead. I love going, God, what are you doing next? That's kind of how I'm, I'm wired. I like to do that. He was, he was looking ahead. He, he did not procrastinate about farming, obviously. I mean, if you're a farmer and you procrastinate, you're not going to have a harvest to bring in. You're not going to have anything to fill in the barn. So he obviously was good. He had done well. He, he was not twiddling his thumbs about, about work and about planting. This, this story Jesus is telling. But an important question is being asked in the story that Jesus tells. And, and um, I have read this story many times, and I didn't quite see it until recently. This, this question, that in, as Jesus is saying it, he tells the farmer that it was basically his last night on earth. And he asks the question, so who's going to get all this? Wh- who gets it? And again, I've read this story so many times, and maybe you're going, I don't, I don't get it either. What I think is, can be implied here, what can be inferred here, is that um, the man had no significant future plans in regard to his in regard to others. It was that I, me, mine. I mean, it's almost saying you're going to have all this stuff, but who's the inheritance going to? You know, what what about other people? What what about others? And, and, And too often, I think, maybe most often, when individuals and couples, like we're talking Financial Peace University, you're going to start it next week. Awesome. How, how much, the, when we, the first class we did, or was it the class y'all did? You had a stat a few weeks ago, J.D., about the debt that's been paid off. What was it? So through three classes of it, $175,000 of, of debt paid off, and some savings? Okay. Just during the class time, that time frame, because you do like you kind of turn in, you kind of keep up with it, all that. That's amazing to think about that, you know. And we're about to step into that uh, another session of that next week. What if we were to take that same principle? That, that Dave Ramsey's developed and done that. I mean, because it's worked for tons of people. 
um, and, and take this principle and say, okay, let's not just focus on money now, but what about spiritually? What about people? What about the investment in relationships? What about the debts that we have with people that we need? And we talked about reconciliation about a month ago. What about making those debts right? What about, um, you know, where there's been brokenness, we seek healing and, and reconciliation with people? You know, what, if, what, if, um, you know, what if someone did something for me three years ago, and I keep thinking, you know, because I've got all this duration, oh, one day I'm going to write them that letter, I'm going to send them that thank you, I'm going to do something for them, or I'm going to pay it forward one day. You know, that's kind of like a debt, you know, in my mind, that I want to do this, I want to make it right, I want to even it out. Well, what if we were to take those principles and put them in regard to relationship and in regard to the spiritual world and our relationship with God and others? Because too often we can't as individuals and couples. We can be like, man, it's January 2017. We're going to get our finances right. We're going to get it good. We're going to pay off that credit card debt. We're going to be debt free. We're going to make, and we're going to go ahead. We're going to have all these plans. We're going to do that. And that's amazing. What if we were to apply that same energy and focus in our relationships with God and with others? See, but we can procrastinate about that, don't we? Well, I'll get to that, or I'm not really sure how that works, you know. And we see in the story what the guy did, but what we don't see is what he left undone because he built a business. Now, it's just a story Jesus was telling, but he was, he was saying, look, you did all this, but tonight is your last night on this earth. You're going to take your last breath. And so what was left undone? Who gets it? Obviously, there was no one there to, to reap the, the benefit of all his great work. How many of us are busting it financially, professionally, but who gets it? Like, what are we imparting? What are we leaving? What are we leaving for an inheritance to people? Is it just for, for attorneys and lawyers to sit down and look at a piece of paper and it comes down to a dollar sign? Is that what we're actually, is that what we're passing on? Is that what we're leaving? Are we making any kind of investment and focus and energy in our relationship with God and others? Or are we going, well, you know, you know, I'll buy them a Bible and I'll write something in the front and I'll hand it to them, you know. And that'll be my imparting of Jesus things. That'll be the kind of the it. We, we can procrastinate about these things. Because if I were to pull each one of you and like pull you aside like in one of those quiet booths and be like, hey, listen. Do you want to leave like a legacy, like a, a great legacy for, for your kids or your grandkids or your really close friends and people? Like, do you want them to know about God? Like, do you want them to experience what you know and to grow? I think most of us would be like, yeah, I do. But what are we doing about it? Or are we going, oh, I'll get to it. I don't really have a plan. See, I think we, we could stop this procrastinating you know, he, he built this business, but he neglected a family. The guy in the story, he made money, but who did he have to, to give to, to share to? Who, who gets it? He focused on the temporal, and, and, and he was forgetting the eternal. Now, so we've got pride, presumption, and procrastination. And I think if we could make an effort, it, really, it's sometimes just about the effort, to go, you know what, I, I need... Is pride a problem for me? Is this something that has really been there and I just haven't noticed it? Because that's usually you're the last person to know if that's the case. Ask someone that loves you and you won't be too hurt if they tell you the truth. Hey, is pride a problem? Like, is it all about me? You know, are we, are we presuming a lot that we've just got forever and ever and ever? You know, are, 
are we procrastinating? Of I want to grow in my faith. I want to know more. I want to. I want to memorize scripture more. I want to read through the Bible. I want to do these things, but I haven't. I don't really have a plan. I'll get to it. Pride, presumption, and procrastination. One of the things I loved about the stories that Jesus would tell is he would often tell the story and then he would explain the story, which is perfect for people who are dense like me. This is how Jesus explained the story in Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 22. And this is about 12 verses. Listen in. Imagine that you just sat, not listening to me, but Jesus telling you a story, and now he's going to explain the story, okay? Listen to how he explains it. He continued this subject with his disciples. So what we can assume is that he told the story to a large crowd, and now they're moving on. And so he's talking to a smaller crew now. You're one of the disciples, okay? And he's talking to you, and this is what he says. Don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or if the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your inner life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the ravens, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, carefree in the care of God, and you count far more. Has anyone by fussing, I love the word fussing, it's so southern, has anyone by fussing before the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? If fussing can't even do that, why fuss at all? Walk into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They don't fuss with their appearance. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? See, he's saying, look, your focus has been wrong. You've been overcome with pride. You've been, you've been assuming that you've got forever and ever. You, you have been, you've been kind of sitting on your hands in regard to me. He's saying, look, I care about you more than all of creation. And you've been focusing on the wrong things. Take that focus and put it on me. Verse 29, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. I want to interject there and say, actually, people that know God fuss and, and worry about these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself. See, here it is. Let's avoid pride. Let's avoid presumption. Let's avoid procrastination. Steep yourself in God reality. See, God reality will knock pride down real quick. Steep yourself in God reality. God initiative. God initiative will, will knock procrastination down real quick. God provisions. Steep yourself in that. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. Man, I wish someone had told me that when I was like 15. Don't be afraid of missing out. You are my dearest friends. Say, I care about you more than anything, is what Jesus is saying. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom himself. 
So he's not saying, hey, don't worry about anything, and you're just going to be like, you're going to be all nasty and stinky and smelly and just wear some rags and walk around because you just need to be focused on God. No, he's saying, I'm going to give you the best. I'm concerned about you. I love you. I care about you. Let me be the provider. He's saying this. Verse 33, be generous. See, generous, generosity is op- opposite of pride. If, if you're truly being generous and not for you know, just a tax return or for someone to see you do it. Be generous. Give to the poor. Get yourselves a bank that can't go bankrupt. A bank in heaven. Far from bank robbers. Safe from embezzlers. A bank you can bank on. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. See, this is what Jesus, how he was describing this. And this is really it. You know, the, the guy in the story was about his treasure. He was about those barns. He was about building him up and wait, the next harvest, oh, it's going to be huge, it's going to be big, we're going to load it up. Wherever it is. And if we're people who are driven by pride, if we're people who are driven by presuming we've got forever and ever and ever, and if we're people who are saying, you know, but there's some things I'm going to get to later, then our focus is, again, going to be on me, 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 I, me. And that, if that's where our treasure is, that's where we're going to most want to be, and that is exactly where we're going to end up being. And so I'll say it again in case you haven't memorized it yet. If we can avoid pride... And if we can avoid presumption, and if we can avoid, try to avoid procrastination in, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, in the coming year, I believe, I truly believe that we will experience life. We will experience hope. We will experience promise. We will experience God in ways we have not before. And I think this is the opportunity that God is putting in front of us. In a moment, we're going to participate in communion together. And, um, you know, what Jesus did, um, how he gave of himself, how he uh, even came on the scene, which is what we just celebrated last week, is him showing up in the first place. But what we remember and what we focus on, and, the, and we have this sacrament of communion... <laughs> What it does is, and Jesus asked us to remember it. Jesus said, hey, I want you to participate in this. I want you to remember this. When you get together, I want you to to remember this. Because we're people who, you know, oh, squirrel, you know, bright, shiny object. You know, we get distracted. And he's saying, no, remember this. Remember me. Don't keep turning eyes back to yourself, worldview. Remember me. And so as we move into this time of communion, I would just ask you to do something. I ask you this every time we have communion, but I'll I'll, I'll repeat it. Have you been, been, as I've been talking this morning, have you, has God kind of recalled some pride moments? Has he shown you some things that, that he said, oh, remember this. Oh, oh, did you re- remember that, in that moment, that time? That, have there been those times? Have there been those times when you've made presumptions about 
what's to come? Have you, there have been times when you've said no and you said it was really for, it was God, but really it was about you? You know, prepare yourself. We talk about preparing ourselves to receive. So what I want to do, and this will be a little bit different than we've done before, and it'll be really awkward for people who don't like silence. But I just want us to spend a few moments with nothing, no, no, no music, nothing. And I want you to ask God to prepare your heart, to prepare your mind, to prepare your soul to come and participate in a sacrament he gave to us. And see kind of where you are at the moment. Because until we recognize where we are presently, it's really hard to move forward, you know, in the next step. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to take a few moments. And then I will ask those who are serving to come after a few moments of silence. Father, Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.